In ancient times, men would set aside personal comfort and strive to live a life dedicated to a higher cause. These Nazarites would resist sin, they would call others into a life of holiness, and they would let their beards grow long as they grew in virtue. In honor of these great men, each November I get together with a couple thousand men and spend a month focused on growing. Growing in community, growing in virtue, and growing out our beards. This year we launched a podcast for the Nazarite Challenge. This podcast, Bearded Virtues. My name's Tony Vicenda, and I'm excited to have myself and some of my favorite people share their reflections on Cardinal Virtues with you. This week, we have my good friend, Michael Gormley, also known as Gomer by those who know him, love him, and follow his work online from the Catching Foxes podcast, Breaking Open the Virtue of Justice. This is day 29 of the Nazarite Challenge. Hey, everyone. Mike Gormley here, continuing our practical reflection on the virtue of justice today. Someone asked me at a conference one of the most embarrassing questions. It's embarrassing because I have a website called layevangelist.com, seen by dozens. I call myself a Catholic lay evangelist. I've marketed myself that way as I go to Catholic churches and speak to the choir in parish missions and talks and retreats and all this stuff. The question posed to me that utterly embarrassed me was simply this. What's the first and last name of the head of household of your neighbors, the three people across the street, the people on either side of your house, and the three people behind your house, if you live in a typical suburban or neighborhood or apartment. Oh, oh man. Okay, so Mark and Amy live there, and Julie, oh no, right? So I couldn't write down more than three people's names, even though, I have met them a handful of times, you know, all this stuff. You end up realizing how little you know your actual neighbor. You contrast this with the fact that we know every detail of hurricane victims on the other side of the world, tsunamis, earthquakes, mudslides, the terrible uh, California wildfires. I know all sorts of stuff about this because in our day and age, with always on 24-7 connected news, I have instant access to information about everyone I will never meet personally. I find out about wildfires and hurricanes and floods and all of this stuff all the way around the world, but I don't know the name, the first name of the single mom who lives across the street from me. I don't know the name of her mother who lives with her nor her two kids who live there. I am at a loss as to how I've allowed that to happen. Well, the reality is I never thought of it, and I'm sure they've never thought of it either until someone asked me that question at that event. In fact, it was from the author of the book, The Art of Neighboring, one of the two authors. These guys end up sharing with us in their book, The Art of Neighboring, how they too as pastors of evangelical churches and who touted themselves as evangelists, people who led you know hundreds of people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and all that, they didn't know their neighbor. So you just start adding to all of this the fact that we Christians are doing a wonderful job teaching people who come to the church, but we do a terrible job of loving the people who live right next door. It reminds me of a story uh, written by a professional philanthropy organization. This guy helped rich people learn how to give their money to good causes, but he wrote about the devil of philanthropy and philanthropy took the place of the word charity. I don't know if you know that, especially the word almsgiving. 
No one uses alms or almsgiving. Rarely do we use charity. But the main thing is philanthropy. Why do we use the word philanthropy? Because the idea was that we would try to, instead of relieving immediate needs, we would go, in the words of the Gates Foundation, we would go up the stack in order to prevent those things from happening in the first place. Now, whenever we talk about justice to the poor, the homeless, you know, all, all of these categories of, um, of vulnerability in our society, whether, you know, we're also talking about racism here and all that, whenever we address the vulnerable of our society and how we who are not as vulnerable can help and what do we owe them, it always is fascinating to me how our secular culture loves philanthropy but despises charity seems to me we ought to return to charity. So there was a video segment that the local news affiliate up in, uh, up in Washington did of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation where people were literally employees of the company stepping over homeless people to get into their building to solve homelessness, right? So they, could, they were so blinded by, quote, moving up the stack that they didn't see their fellow man and woman suffering on the streets, on the sidewalk, in the doorway, going into their buildings. Okay, so this is the problem. We have hyper-specific knowledge about people we'll never encounter. And if you watch the news regularly enough, especially all the bad news that's out there, you and I get burned out. We get burned out. See, we think we're doing something by just being informed. But what it does is it tends to exhaust us. And it overwhelms us, doesn't it, right? When you see another and yet another and yet another mass shooting story, you feel overwhelmed. Look at all of these things happening all of the time. Look at all these natural disasters that we can't do anything about. And so what happens is you and I do nothing about it. We feel so powerless. What can one man do against such reckless hate, right? The great line from Lord of the Rings movies. What can we do against all this? What can we do against all this violence? What can we do against all this suffering? Nothing. And so we do nothing. But we don't realize that we could be the world to one person. To one person. I remember a group of high school girls, most just people I've met in my life. You know what they did? In order that people didn't feel like they were getting a handout and the object of someone's pity, they went up and down their neighborhood street passing out coupons to get a day of babysitting but they had conspired within this group of people the within the neighbors that they would bring up individually oh hey i'm not gonna be able to use this can you use this and they would all give it to the single mom who had three kids whose husband had just left her now think about this husband leaves mom's got kids she's working full-time kids are young they're in and out of school sick days all that stuff in come these high school girls who make a conspiracy of grace to bless this woman without making her feel like an object of pity or, oh, here's that woman at the end of the street. She needs so much help, blah, blah, blah. And so this woman ended up getting about 15 certificates to babysit for free. And those girls all took turns watching her kids. Sometimes they would do it together in order to bring peace, love, joy into this woman's life. By de-stressing her life, they blessed her immensely. What do I owe? Not the world, not how do I solve the world's problems. But my question to you is how do you solve one person's problem down the street from you, right? How can you bring immediate relief? 
That's a question I think we all need to ponder. A very practical way, like babysitting. So many people, listen, you can benefit people by babysitting for free. You can benefit marriages. You can benefit uh, individuals who are single parents. So much of that can help, can be helped with this. So ask yourself, how can I help? How can I be just to one person on my street? Thanks, Gomer, for calling us to a life of virtue. And thank you, listener, for tracking with us all month long during the Nazarite Challenge. This has been a huge time of blessing. The conversations in the Facebook community going through and doing this podcast, it was a huge labor of love. The number one way you can support us from this point forward is just sharing this podcast with other people or buying something from catholicbomb.co to help support the cost of this. We want to thank all of our sponsors one last time. That's, again, along with Catholic Bomb Co., that's Pink Salt Riot, eCatholic, and the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. We also want to thank people who helped sponsored content during the Nazarite Challenge. That's the Theology of the Abadi Institute and Catching Foxes, the podcast, and my own podcast, The Threshold. Um, we'd love to have you guys check out all those things. If you haven't followed them on social media, checked out their work yet, please do. Also, if you're interested in having this become a monthly podcast that we do. I don't know that we can commit to weekly at this point in time, but once a month, having a little bit more bearded virtue in your life, please drop us a line at Catholic Bomb Co. or post in the Facebook group that you're interested in that. We'll have a post there that you can share that on. We want to know if this has been helpful for you in growing in virtue, how we can continue to get the word out around the amazing way that God is calling us deeper into relationship with him and with each other. So gentlemen, until next time, Stop shaving and start praying.